girl, here we are. We're at our final dateline for 2021. What a wild ride this I was. Know. Oh, that must have been wild. <laughs> Did you have fun? Hi. Here we are, girl. The thing about Pam. This is the what? Our big finale. Until we decide to do some more Dateline somewhere <laughs> down the road. Don't hold your breath for the beginning of 2022, but, you know, we'll see where it goes. You guys, if you want more of us, and, and who can blame you? It's been a while since I've said that, girl. Who <laughs> could blame you? Makes me laugh every time. Because I, I can blame them. <laughs> Find us on the Patreon, you guys. Over 300 full ad-free bonus episodes. Right now, we are in the middle of Lula Rich. Oh, it's yeah. bananas. Yeah, it's our holiday gift to you, yeah. Lula Rich. <laughs> we also did the John Wayne Gacy thing on Peacock. Oh, yeah. We did Night Stalker. Heaven's Gate. Making a Murderer. The, the Jinx. Jinx. Lorena. Serial Season 1. Tiger King. Don't Have With Cats. Every long-form series on Netflix, Oxygen, Hulu, ID. It's all, we've done them all. Oh, Heist. 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 Oh, the bourbon of it all. The bourbon. I've never wanted to drink bourbon more than watching those episodes. Happy Gate. I can't get over it. Happy, Happy Gate. Gate. Right. The thing about Pam is that this whole thing's bonkers. That's the thing. You guys, I, I found knew, the thing about Pam and that's that it's bonkers. I knew nothing about this. All we know is that right at the top, Dayline has been following this woman and this case for years. And Keith is very excited to tell the story. Tell them what you told me before we started. They've covered this a lot. Like yeah. maybe more than any other case other than like OJ or Jean Benet or something. I didn't know Dateline did that. I didn't know that they did multiple episodes. The like, first two episodes were Mommy Doomsday. <laughs> but they do that because they are following them constantly. Which is amazing. So when they have updates, that's yeah. why it's like, uh, last week, this is right. the update. Like, sometimes it's very, very current. Things are happening with Pam Hop. Wait till the end. I'll oh tell you my all God. About it. it was evening outside the little house under the streetlight. Silence. Then, the sound of a door closing, female footsteps retreating, a car pulling away into the dark. And silence again. Then, where does it live? Evil. Does it spring like a horror movie from some dark and frightening place? Or does it live quietly in fine society people as they live their decent lives? This story is about the evil that smiles and helps and sympathizes and kills. This is about such a woman as we had never seen. Though we followed her for years, we had no idea. Until now. So we start on December 27th, 2011. We're in a quiet little town called Troy, Missouri. Keith is telling us... It was December 27th, 2011. A quiet little suburban town near St. Louis called Troy, Missouri. It was evening, 7.30 or so. A winter chill was settling on the rooftops, frosting the lawns. Outside the little house, under the streetlight, was a post-Christmas silence... It sounds like he's telling us a spooky Christmas ghost story. He's like, it was evening outside a little house in the evening. And I'm like, Keith, more ghost stories. But then we hear, it just sounds like a fake ass 911 call. 911, what is the location of your emergency? Okay, I need you to take a couple deep breaths so I can see what's going on. I just got home from a friend's house and, and, and my wife... I just got home from my friend's house and my wife has killed herself. And I said, is it just me or is that like a, sus a suspicious way to say it? This is you on the 911 call. Yeah. This is how you, she's like, oh my God. 
Yeah. Oh, and this is just the beginning. You guys, we're, this husband is going to be taken down to the station, and he's hysterical. And the first little bit, he's real suspicious. I got to tell you, like, this, this is what they always say, like, makes a bad lie. Why would you come home and find your wife dead? We're going to learn there was a fucking knife sticking out of her neck. Why would you say she killed herself? I know. That's crazy. I know. So anyway, the husband's name is Russ Faria, right? And he came home to find his wife, Betsy, on the floor with a knife still in her neck. And Russ is beside himself. I, but also the 911 operator is not having it. Not she, buying it at all. She goes, Russell. Russell. She calls him Russell. Do you think she's beyond help right now, Russell? She's rolling her eyes and like filing her nails. I know. And Keith goes. The police arrived had a look around and took a still hysterical man to the sheriff's office for questioning. No, 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 no. Take a deep breath for me, Russ. Oh, no. <laughs> it's just proof you never know I how know. anyone's going to react. You cannot ever pass judgment on I him. didn't know anything about the story and I was like, he fucking did it. Like, oh my God, the dramatics of it all. We also see his butt crack, which I don't love. I Not loving the butt crack shot at all. <laughs> Finally, they calm him down and they're like, why do you think it was suicide? And this is another thing that looks suspect because Russ is now like, yeah, I don't know. Okay. I have no idea. I'm so glad you said that because I was like, Daisy does this. She has the most convincing sounding oh. sob. And you're finally like, sweetheart, calm down and we'll get ice cream. She'll make it honey. I don't know. Oh, I'm sorry. You said ice cream, Daddy. What flavor? Yeah, Can yeah. I get sprinkles? Yeah. Can I get a double? And I believed it. Oh, yeah. I always believe it. Well, and he does sound like unfazed. He's like, I don't know if she just wanted to scare me or what, but she said she was going to kill herself. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're at, like they're having a beer talking about the game or know, whatever straight guys do. And so Betsy had stage four cancer. Betsy's she, the wife's name. Right. And she was getting chemo. And so the story is that Betsy was getting chemo and then went to visit her mother. Russ worked from home all day, went to get cigarettes and dog food, then went to his usual Tuesday night game night at his friend Mike's house. But this is like in the last episode with the fucking chemo of it all. Could you just meet your wife at home after she's had chemo, Russ? I know. You know well, what I mean? Like, could you just go home and maybe make dinner for her for once? Well, here's the thing. He called Betsy and he He's like, hey, do you need a ride? And Betsy's like, no, I'm good. Just go to Mike's. I need some time to myself. Sure. So by 9 p.m., he leaves Mike's, which is Tuesday night game night. Yeah. He picks up some Arby's and oh he, heads, he heads home. He gets home at 940 and there she was, he says. Yeah. He opens the door and there's Betsy. Yeah. And so we're going to leave Russ at the police station for just a second. Yeah. We're going to meet Betsy's mom right now. And she says, four sergeants marched right in. One of them looked right at me and said, Betsy's dead. That's the way it was announced That's the way it was told to me. Blunt like that. Keith is like, I'm sorry, what? That's how they said that to I you? Know. He's horrified, rightly so. And, and Betsy's mom's name is Janet. Yeah. And so we learned that Betsy was like super cool, really unique. She was a DJ. She started DJing at 17 years old, maybe younger. She had great parties. Yes. Like, look, someone who could throw a great party yeah. and then has an awesome playlist. Like, yes, come on. I, I try to be that person with a good playlist. So I just loved hearing that she was just like a fun person to be around. Yeah. And we also learned that Betsy's mom loved Russ. That like Betsy and Russ had gone to her when Betsy got cancer and like she's just saying like he was really emotional he really loved her like Betsy is like consoling him yeah. because he like loves his wife so much and they were married for 12 years everyone's saying you know they had a great relationship and we learn about Betsy like she has cancer she fights it with chemo and it comes back yeah it's, it's stage four like she's going to die in the next couple of years and her big thing is like but Betsy was determined to enjoy life while she could insisted they go ahead with plans for a cruise with family and friends he wanted Betsy to do anything and everything that Betsy's ever wanted to do. He wanted her to have those experiences. So went on that cruise, for example? That cruise. 
That's when they went to swim with the dolphins. Do dolphins like to be swam with like that? We no. see a picture of them where they're holding the dorsal fins. No, I've never heard of a place where it's humanely done. I don't know if that exists, but it's also like I would fall for it. I know. Before it's like I knew better, a baby tiger. Before I knew any better, yeah. I'd be like, wait, you get to be with this. It's like, no, no, they should be in the also, ocean. Like dolphins have those sharp fucking shark teeth. Why are they not ripping humans limb from limb like squirrels do? Dolphins can kill sharks with their noses. Is that true? It's true. That's also a direct quote. <laughs> from the movie about a boy but it's, tr- it's true nonetheless they can kill them with their noses yeah dolphins wow. are amazing and yet they tolerate the humans holding onto the dorsal fins I know. for a fucking swim not nice um the point is betsy's having a grand old time while yeah. she's here and i, I kind of love that she's not gonna sit and wallow she's going on a fucking cruise why not and if you like cruises more power to you i totally. personally do not totally. <laughs> so we're back in the interrogation room with russ and russ is telling the cops that betsy had attempted suicide a couple of times before mm-hmm. and we never get any real clarity on this. Because my thing is like that's never backed up by the family. We don't know anything, you know? Yeah. But this is where the cops are getting in Russ's face saying like it couldn't have been suicide. Oh, over 25 times. Oh my. Ooh. No. 25 times. They're still counting. The cop says she was stabbed over 25 times. They're still counting. Yeah, over 50 stab wounds. And someone's like, we're still counting, Joe. Don't tell him the number yet. Oh I don't know yet. Oh, my God. And they're saying, like, a stranger doesn't do that. It had to have been somebody that knew her and loved her. It had to have been you. Now, these cops get blinders. <laughs> you just put your finger on my face. It you. had to have been had to be you. you fucking Ju- <laughs> Where was Julian that night? I, I want an alibi. I have to say not eating Arby's. <laughs> but game night sounds fun. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> I'm down for game night at Mike's. We eventually meet all those guys. They seem fun. My Mike loves throwing a game night. Yeah. Let's do it. Okay, we'll have a good playlist. It'll be okay, fun. We'll great. do it for Betsy. Yeah. But they get blinders on for Russ real fast. Yeah, and then we start hearing from Betsy's friends and family even more. So we get audio of one of Betsy's really close friends, and she's like, look, yeah. Russ sucks. Yes. He was really horrible to Betsy. He's very degrading to her, and he makes comments about how much money he'll have after she's gone. He's got life insurance on her at work. She's got life insurance. You know, I'll be able to pay off the house. Blah, 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 blah. Just insensitive, which would upset her. And she was tired of it. According to this voice, he's like taunting her about the cancer and like, it's crazy. And so this friend with all the tea, yeah. her name is Pam Hupp. And she happened to be the one who drove Betsy home from chemo that night. Like they're so close that Pam's like driving her home from chemo. And Keith just doesn't believe in spoilers because he's like, Pam, Pam Hupp. That's a name you need to remember. That's a name you uh, need to remember. It's called I mean, The Thing About Pam. Well, I was going to say. Keith, he's just so happy to be here. He's been dying to rip this I, Pam bitch I apart. Know. So the, the, the question is, like, could Russ have done this? And Betsy's mom is like, you know, things have been really great in their marriage. He'd been a thoughtful and devoted son-in-law. He was like a son to me. Like, this seems out of character for her then. Right. And the mom even says, you know, it was like I lost two people. Right. Because that's how close she was to Russ. So back with Pam Hop. And the cops are. <laughs> annoying name it's Pam Hop. Pam Hop. like she, of all the I, she's got there's plenty to hate about Pam the thing about Pam is that I hate her um so the cops are like were you best friends with Betsy so just pay attention to what Pam's answer now because yeah. we'll talk to Pam later and her right. answers are going to change completely right. so first she's like um Betsy had a lot of best friends <laughs> zillions of best friends 
But yes, I saw her almost every day, every other day. Betsy had a zillion best friends, but yes, I saw her every day. So I was definitely the number one best friend. We've known each other for 10 years. We worked at an insurance company. We'd both been married twice. We had a lot in common. And so Pam is talking to the cops and she's like, I know the truth about this marriage. Russ was fucking terrible. He smokes in the house. Okay, as soon as they said that, I was like, throw me to jail. Death penalty for this fucking guy. It's bad enough if the person is a picture of health, but Betsy was fighting cancer. So could you put the the fucking cigarette out? Death penalty for this guy. I mean, (laughs) no, we don't believe in the death penalty. (laughs) Only in very special cases like this. (laughs) Only when it's more egregious than anything else you could ever do. Patrick's law. Patrick's death penalty. TM. TM, 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 TM. And she's like, look, Betsy also was secretly planning to divorce Russ. Pam is such trash. We're going to get there. Eventually, we're going to talk about Magic Mike XL for a very specific reason. Pam is so full of shit. (laughs) (laughs) So what happens is, according to Pam Hupp. Just a week or so before her death. Betsy and another friend had gone to Branson, Missouri, supposedly for fun, but, said Pam, they were actually plotting their escape. They had talked about moving down to Branson together and leaving their husbands. So last weekend, she wanted to go to Branson and talk about it and make a plan. And they were both planning to leave their husbands together. Right. So put a pin in that. We cut back to the Russ interview and they're like, were things great in your marriage? And he's being really honest. He's like, we did argue quite a bit. Five or six years ago, we did talk about splitting up, but like there was never any violence between us. And Russ is also like awkwardly draped in a blanket right. because he was hysterical before. <laughs> I and I, I just see the cops. Ridiculous. I just feel like the cops are like, this is what you do to comfort someone, right? You put a blanket on them. It doesn't look comfortable or comfortable. He's wrapped in it like a burrito. I and I feel and like. Russ is like a big guy in the blanket like the towel is not big but it's gigantic at the same time and i feel like he feel he feels like he can't take it off it's all very awkward and it's all for show from the cops and for russ and the thing that we might not have made clear is that they're interviewing russ and pam at the same time right so like these interviews are happening simultaneously and russ doesn't know that and so they're like all right pam is giving us all the tea we're gonna test russ and they say hey what do you know about betsy's friend pam we're expecting him to be like oh she's the worst right because of all the shit she's saying about him he He's like, she's a good person. She's very friendly. You don't think she'd have anything bad to say about you? No. Would she have anything bad to say about you? He's like, I don't think so. Why would she? Now Russ is like, why are they asking me about Pam? Oh, wait, Pam was the last person to see my wife alive? Now, wait a second. But but he does say, like, I don't think she could have done this. Right. This is where I have, you look ridiculous with this towel, Russ. (laughs) Just take it off. It doesn't matter. It's okay. It's not about the blanket. It's about finding who killed your wife. Exactly. (laughs) So while Russ is like, I think Pam's, like, fine. Like, we definitely didn't have a problem. Yeah. Pam is going to 100. Instead of just saying, like, Russ was a terrible guy and I think he could have been a little violent and let the cops do their job or right, whatever yeah she goes to a zillion and right. she's like he start playing this game of putting a pillow over her face to see what it would feel like i don't know if she said this is what it's gonna feel like when you die or whatever and then act like he was kidding she's very upset pam that's ridiculous it's ridiculous and russ is like i never did that girl i never did that and then he's like you know what i don't like pam very much anymore <laughs> ask me that first question again i don't think she's very nice Steve was in the middle of giving a Lyft driver like a stellar review the other day and then we got feedback that the driver said some shit about us. What'd they say? I don't know. And then Steve just goes, well, now they get a one. <laughs> Wait, they notify you if you yeah, get a bad They don't review? tell you what the feedback is, but they just like, the driver didn't like you very much. <gasps> I, know. I don't have five stars. I have like a 4.98. I have a 4.9. And I want to know what... <laughs> That point oh two is for. What did I have a couple? Don't count my drinks. I'm still very nice. I tip every time. I don't want to hear. I, I've never thrown up in a car. Oh my I've God. never done anything that would warrant a no, not five point rating. 
So they're they're looking at the crime scene and they find blood on a pair of Russ's slippers that have been thrown into a closet. And they find like a handprint on the wall. Like, I mean, this literally comes down to there's blood on his slippers. He did it. He's right. the guy. And it's a very messy crime scene. There's blood everywhere. Yeah. But like oh, blood is getting yeah. into the bedroom and on his slippers. And yeah. Russ is like, girl, I can't tell you what I don't know. I don't know how that happened. I was at game night. I stopped right. at Arby's. I came home and this is what I found. I don't know how the blood got on my slippers. By the way, he's got four fucking alibi witnesses that like corroborate his story. We'll get there. Yeah. But they questioned him for 48 hours and then they let him go. And I'm like, 48 hours and you never asked for a lawyer? What? I know. I know. And so the media is all over it because they have two days to be freaking out about this case, right? right? And one person goes, do you have anything to say? And Russ goes, I'd like to say get out of my face. I'd like to say get out of my face. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Russ. So then we meet Mary, Russ's cousin, not a fan of Pam. No. <laughs> not, didn't like her, didn't like that Pam was running her mouth to the media. She was accused, even at the funeral, I she's pointing her finger in Russ's face, accusing him of murder. Yeah. So the day after the funeral, all of a sudden, Betsy's family, who like had loved Russ up to this point, all of a sudden they've got new memories of him being like super awful to, to Betsy. All Pam the time. got to everybody. Yeah. Betsy's friends and family appeared to have taken a hard turn against Russ. They were remembering things a little more like Pam did. Many people would describe him as a pig. There was this <laughs> anger in him that he he could hide and he could put on a front. Okay, here we go, you guys. Now we find out that, like, days before the murder, Betsy made Pam the beneficiary of her $150,000 life insurance policy. Because Betsy hates Russ and is terrified that Russ is going to blow all the money once she's dead. So Betsy and Russ really have a bad marriage. I think it's not the best marriage. Yeah. I think they've probably been through a lot. I right. mean, I think they're so sort the, of... Because my big question was, why did Betsy do this? So, okay, you're saying she was afraid that he was going to blow the money, so she's entrusting it to Pam, so Pam will give it to their kids when they're kids are older. Yeah, so because she says to Pam, look, just make sure my daughters have money, please. I trust can you more than my husband. Can somebody get that in writing? Like, can we just get it? Like, why don't you just leave it to your daughters? I agree with you. So the only thing that's in writing, yeah. just to be clear, is that Betsy has transferred the insurance policy to Pam. There's yes. nothing about the daughters in writing. And people are saying, is this the thing that would make Russ so mad that he would kill her? Exactly. You know? And so Keith is like, anyway, uh, the cops decided right. that the details <laughs> don't matter and that Russ did it. Right. So the cops charge Russ with first degree murder eight days days after the murder. We meet Russ's very, very sexy attorney. Joel. Joel. I love Joel. He's so hot. And Joel does like the good work here. That's why he's so cute to me. He yeah. believes Russ right away and he works his ass off for his client. Totally. And he says about Russ, he's like, my sense of Russ is Russ is a good person. Rough around the edges, but ultimately a good person. And Keith is like, Joel, can you elaborate? What do you mean rough around the edges? He's not going to be the most tactful person in the room. He's not going to be the most gracious person in the room. But... Those aren't really the things that matter. Um, what matters is what's inside, and when you get inside of Russ, he's a good person. Well, look, he has no tact, and there's not an ounce of gratitude in him, but you know what? He's a hell of a guy, Keith. So we're You learning. know those RB sandwiches were not for his wife that just finished fucking chemo. He got two RB sandwiches, and they were both for him. Can you imagine coming home from chemo for the second time right. you have cancer, and yeah. your husband asking if you want to hang out, and you being like, no. I know. <laughs> They were not in a great place. No. No judgment there at all. He's not a murderer, but they were not in a great place. We have to be real about it. And for, for Joel to be like, no tact, no gratitude at all. Not a best guy, but also hell of a guy, Keith. So Pam's story about this insurance thing yeah. is that Pam and Betsy met at the library. Betsy was there already. Detail. Right. <laughs> they organized the paperwork, and the only witness to this was the woman behind the counter. Yes. Joel's like, nope, calling bullshit. Joel. Absolutely not. 
Joel, doing the work, goes yeah. to find the woman behind the counter who was the witness. So Schwartz found that girl at the counter, and she said it wasn't like that at all. She said Pam was in charge. Pam did the talking. Well, Betsy stood back. That made it sound like it was Pam's idea. Oh, no, no, no. Pam is a fucking bully and a steamroller. Betsy didn't really want to do this, and Pam was kind of running the whole thing. Betsy was super quiet. But this is where I'm like, I don't really understand why Pam did this. What? You know you're going to die. Like, you know this money is going to be paid out. I don't understand what's happening. I don't understand. But Pam is manipulating Betsy for her insurance policy. Yes. And remember how Betsy and her friend were going to, like, a different county of Missouri on the secret trip divorce their husbands together? (laughs) Right. Right? No, they were going jelly beans shopping. <laughs> because the friend is here. Her name is Linda. She's British. She's British. A Brit in Missouri. Now I've seen everything. And she's like, no, no, no. It's quite the opposite. We bought jelly beans, love. We went to the, the strip shopping. We were in the jelly bean store. She told me how they were Russ's favorite candy. So Russ was on the phone and he was picking the ones that he liked. And when she got back home, they were going to eat those jelly beans together. Russ was on the phone picking out the jelly beans he liked. It was his favorite candy. Also, oh jelly God. beans is your favorite candy. I do love a jelly bean, though. Do you? I love a jelly bean. But What's the- your favorite flavor? Lime. <laughs> Okay, at least you didn't say licorice. Licorice, anything sucks. Remember they would have like butter popcorn jelly beans? Yes, oh, the jelly bellies are out of control. Because they have like, there are some that are like snot flavored. Like they try to trick you. Okay, Okay. (laughs) Russ, please. But they're going to go home that night together and eat jelly beans together. Right. That's like the big plan for the night. And the fact that Betsy was like, hey, honey, like what are your favorite jelly beans? I'm here. Like she wants to get him the candy he likes, whatever. And Linda says, well, she was upset about one thing. She was upset about meeting that cow Pam that she hates. Oh my god, I love that. That feels like a very British put down. I don't know why, like you pine cone. I think a pine cone is a British thing. That pine cone Pam. Pine cone Pam. That's it now. The thing is, the British friend is like, she was really upset about this meeting. She didn't tell me why, but she said over and over and over again that she was upset about it. I'm like, could you ask a fucking follow-up question? I know. I feel like Betsy the whole time was like, I'm really anxious about this meeting with Pam. I really wish someone would offer help or ask me a question about it. And Linda's like, I'm sorry, I'm I'm near the Swedish fish. I'm sorry. Did you know they have like gummy bears, but they're butterflies? Isn't that fantastic, love? I'm like, British friend ask her why right and also just a reminder so like pam and betsy changed the insurance or mostly pam and then four days later betsy's murder so hot attorney joel like does a timeline of betsy's last day so she had chemo that day pam wanted to join her like can i come hang at chemo and betsy's like <laughs> I no i have a ride and pam's like i really want to come right. and betsy in the nice way is like uh, look i have a friend like an old family friend we yes. really need some one-on-one time together so thank you so much but we're good and joel and keith are both like we, we need to spend some one-on-one time together. So in other words, stay away. In other words, don't come. Uh One-on-one time to me means you're interrupting if you come. Nevertheless, Miss Hupp chose to join them at chemotherapy. She fucking shows up anyway at chemo. What is with these people not like respecting and honoring what these people want? Well, honey, she's going to kill her that day. Like, I know. I'm still with the last episode, for. though. I not know. respecting the chemo. I know. Can I come hang at chemo? Can I come hang out? Like, what a needy <laughs> asshole. 
pine cone. Pine cone. Fact. Such a fucking pine cone. Because after chemo. But they ditch Pam. They're like, okay, Pam, thanks. And they like, Bob, this friend is Bobby. So Betsy and Bobby, off they go to dinner finally to catch up. And also that time is wasted because they're just bitching about Pam the whole time. They're not actually catching up. They're talking shit about Pam. I know. I know. So after dinner, Bobby and Betsy go back to Betsy's mom's house. Pam fucking shows up there too. Keith calls it. And that's where Pam picked her up to give her the unasked for ride home. The unasked for a ride home. It was 30 minutes out of her way. She's got to kill her. Like, that's the I whole know. thing. Like she's. Not I can actually, still be mad about I it, know. even though but it's obvious. She's not, like, actually being annoying. She's being a murderer. You know what I mean? Yeah, she's relentless. Right, exactly. Now, this is important. So, they leave Betsy's mom's house at around 6.30. They would have gotten to Betsy's place a little bit after 7. At 7.04, there's a call from Pam's phone to Pam's husband. And during the call, Betsy gets on the phone. Very much alive. Keith Very wants us to know. Right. At 7.21, there's a call from Betsy's daughter unanswered to Betsy. At 7.26, there's an unanswered call to Betsy. At 7.27, there's a call from Pam Hupp's cell phone to Betsy's cell phone. Also unanswered. That call, Pam told the detectives, was to let Betsy know she was home safe. Pam says that was her calling Betsy to let her know that she got home it's safe. It's the I'm home safe call. Exactly. First of all, if all of this were real, Betsy would have been like, bitch, I don't care. Bye! Yeah, I know. <laughs> but the truth of the matter is, like, Joel, the hot lawyer, is like, that's impossible. Right. There's absolutely no way, based on how far away Pam lived, she could have been home by then. So Pam's like, well, no, I wasn't all the way home. I was mostly home. So Joel is like, I see your I was almost home. He goes and gets the cell phone records. He's like, bitch, you were at most three miles from Betsy's house and at least standing in her fucking kitchen. Exactly. Also, that is a valid thing. Like, if people leave my apartment, like my friends who are women or whatever, like, yeah. let me know you got home safely. That's totally valid. But yes. also, don't crash someone's fucking chemo appointment. Totally. Can I hang a chemo? No! <laughs> so, now, it's two years after Betsy's death. Russ, the husband, is on trial for murder. You guys. Oh, my God. So, Joel, the lawyer, is like, uh, don't worry about it. I'm actually, even though Russ is on trial, I'm gonna put Pam on trial, basically. Yeah, and the whole thing is because the prosecution firmly believes that the husband did this, they're prepping Pam for trial. And they're like, look, the whole thing that they have to hold against you is that you were given the life insurance payout and you were supposed to give that to the daughters, which you haven't done yet. But it's the, been two years. The cops are basically telling her, You now have this money and have not turned any of this money over to the family or the kids. That's correct. That's a huge problem because by your own volition, Betsy has told you that she wants you to hold on to this money to make sure that the family, the, the girls are taken care of. Yet they haven't seen a dime of that money. What are the possibilities that you're getting that trust set up for the girls before the trial? 100%. So she does it, and and Ugh. and Keith is like, look, like to her credit, she puts two thirds of the money in a trust for the daughters, and I'm like, okay, well then what's gonna happen? But it's been two years, and the daughters didn't see a nickel, and she didn't do anything until the cops warned her about exactly. it. It's disgusting. Exactly. But it doesn't matter because the judge says to lawyer Joel, he can't mention the insurance. Right. Pam is on a trial here. The husband is, which is like. God damn it, that's I, a decent point. Right. <laughs> I hate Pam, but it's a decent point. Right, you also can't point to her as a killer, but they do, of course, show all the fucking gruesome crime scene photos, and they show the image of the slippers. And my whole thing is that, like, this is their big smoking gun, right? Her blood is on his slippers, the slippers are in the closet, he obviously did this. I'm like, if he was the murderer and he had done this, he wouldn't have kept the fucking slippers. Exactly. He would have thrown the slippers, like, why would he have kept them? Joel has a whole plan about it, a whole PowerPoint, <laughs> we'll get there momentarily. But first, all of those guys from Game Night, you guys, they parade them on the sand and they're like, we were all within eight feet of each other the whole night. Did he act the same as usual? And I mean, you said, yeah. uh, you know, 
I looked over at him and he was dozed off for a second. But again, I didn't think anything weird of this. Because we know about when she died. We know she had to have died around seven o'clock because rigor mortis had set in by the time the paramedics got there. So they know she'd been dead a couple hours, probably died around seven o'clock when fucking Pam would have been dropping her off. And all of his game night friends are like, he was with us till nine. Right, and then he went to Arby's. Yeah. So For sandwiches for him, not for her. Of course. So Russ coming home at 9.40, that rigor mortis, that time works yes. out that she'd been dead since seven-ish. Yes. So by the time he gets home at 9.40, she's in that condition. He's got a rock solid alibi. And Joel, the hot lawyer, is like, there is no way this jury is going to convict this guy. Exactly. And, and the medical examiner is like, can we talk about those 50 at least stab wounds? A lot of them were post-mortem. It was like suspiciously deliberate. Like yes. the cut on her wrist, yes. post-mortem. Yes. And they know that because a gash on the wrist like that, there would have been blood everywhere. There was not nearly enough blood for that. And Joel's like, speaking of blood, thank you so much, gorgeous Patrick, for bringing it up. How do I explain Betsy's blood all over Russ's shoes? Easy. It was staged. Exactly. Because he says... There was no imprint of a shoe in the blood, nor was there any footprint anywhere on the tile floor leading back to where the slippers were found. So how would the blood get on the shoes? Somebody attempted to stage this. Dipped it in the blood? Dipped it in the blood and hid those back in the closet. And Joel's whole point is like, look, Pam Hub did all of it. She got the insurance changed, then she killed Pam for the money, yeah. and then she framed Russ. So I went, attorney Joel is convinced he's going to get acquitted. No, he gets life. No, he gets life. Joel is devastated. And I'm like, and so is Russ, I'm sure, Dateline. Right. <laughs> oh, my God. So we get this interview with Russ and Keith, and it's from 2014. And this, this is, where, is how long they've been covering the case. And this is where we learned the murder of Betsy Faria was the subject of five Dateline episodes. Wow. Starting from 2014, 2015, 2016, called Game Night, then Return to Game Night. Oh, my that God. That Stranger Than Fiction, and now The Thing About Pam. When Russ sits down for his first interview in 2014, he's, like, very quiet and meek and soft-spoken. You expect him to be screaming and yelling because we're all at 100. Because he's, he's innocent. And he's innocent. And he's like, I just want to declare, you know, again, my, my innocence. You know, I'm innocent of this. I can't imagine ever being mad enough to do anything like that to anybody, let alone my wife, whom I love. Um, hi, I, I, I would just like to remind everybody that I'm innocent. I did not do this. Thank if, you very if much. If it's not a problem, I, I would just really love to fight for my innocence, <laughs> yes, if that's okay. And guess what? Betsy's daughters have filed a lawsuit because, and I'm sure this surprises nobody, yeah. Pam never gave them the money like she was supposed to. Even when the cops were like, girl, please do that, she still didn't do so it. So here's the thing, you guys, because I'm like, wait, how did this all go down? And Keith says, weird, I thought that money was in a trust. Right, nope. and, and it was. It was in a trust, but right after the trial, Pam defunded the trust and paid herself out all of that money. The daughters never saw a penny. And this is where it all becomes very clear that the daughters were never anywhere in the paperwork. It right. was just Betsy transferring it to Pam and then Pam giving her word to Betsy. Yes. Or or I don't even know what that conversation was. Like right. that, I, I can't trust Pam. No. I have no idea. And so this is where hot lawyer Joel is like, mm -hmm. I'm not surprised. Like obviously I know this woman is a monster, <laughs> but this is some shit the special appeals court needs to hear. This is the kind of thing that could get Russ a new trial. Right. So he files a special motion and this never happens but it's granted. He gets yeah, the hearing. Right. Oh my God. Even Keith's like, oh my God, you did? I know. Because I feel like the judge going through the paperwork was like, what? Yeah. Like, Wait, what? again, new judges Wait, for the win. New yes, fresh yes. eyes on things that works. Yes. Also, Leah Askey, prosecutor, hate her. I know. I hate her. I know. Because she I meets know. with Pam before the hearing. We see yeah. it. They're like old friends uh -huh. gossiping. And Pam's like, what are the chances of making the judge believe us? Do you have one, another martini? Great. <laughs> and they're talking shit about Joel. They're like, oh, Joel, that drip. Feelings hurt because they lost to lose and right and so that's really what it's about in in my opinion that's what it's about so to me it's doing a disservice to 
the, the taxpayers and citizens here. Prosecutor Leah, can you ask fucking Pam why she never gave any of the money to the kids? Make her explain that! And the whole thing is, like, I have to remind myself, they don't care. All they want to do is protect the integrity of their win. Yep. They don't care about the kids. They don't care about Betsy. They don't care about Russ. Like, how bad is it going to look for them if this gets overturned and he gets out of jail? Like, they fucked up. You That's can't all do Leah all of it. About. You can't ask her the question and know the truth and then just still fight. Because, Leah, why did you get into this line of work? I when mean, you were 18 and deciding to go to law school, you did not get into this line of work to protect your fucking wrongful conviction. You did this to help people. Gossiping. And you have forgotten that. Gossiping. Yes. I mean, even the way, like, to talk to a lawyer like that in yeah. this real, I, I can't believe how casual they are. It's wild. Uh, just one quick question. Are yeah. martinis an option? With me, always. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Why I don't have one now is a fucking mystery to me. We but... need to get a, you know what? We need to get a bar in this fucking booth. Patreon? Yeah, sorry, Steve. I'm overruling you. <laughs> we're doing it. So now it's June 2015, a year and a half after Russ was convicted. And yeah. now we're at that special hearing that Joel got that's a miracle he got it at all. Yeah, and the judge is like, this is all fucked up. And yes, you're getting a new trial. And thank, again, new judges for the win. Yeah. So Russ is thrilled, obviously. They're having cocktails outside the courthouse. He's released somebody. Yeah, they're doing shots outside. I was like, well, that's illegal. That's illegal. That's illegal. Everyone stop. Who cares? I just want him to get rearrested for some small fucking infraction. I know, like, still in the courthouse, just like, throw back shop. <laughs> so now, there's a new trial in a, in a few months. So by November 2015, which is not a lot of time yeah. for Joel to prepare. And Joel's like, girl, I've been preparing for two years. It's fine. But this is the whole thing. In preparation for the new trial, Pam is re-interviewed. So remember before guys, where I was like, point. where I was like, pay attention to what she says because it's going to come back. Yeah. Remember, how would you describe your friendship to Betsy? In the first interview, uh, Betsy had like, a lot of best friends. Yeah. In the new interview, you guys, get ready. Here's a bomb Pull over. In this new interview. Put on some Indigo Girls playing softly in the background. Yes, it's going there, you guys. Okay. In the new interview, she goes, I knew the most intimate of intimate of family stuff from her. And Keith's like, Intimate? Yes. Pam says, Oh, we weren't just friends. We were lovers. You guys. I, alone in the office, went, <gasps> audible gay gasp in the office. Pam says, and I quote. You guys, get ready. I replaced what a husband would be. It's honestly a relationship with two women who really aren't attracted to women. I don't know how to explain that. I'm attracted to men. Love everything about them. Can't wait till Magic Mike XL comes out. The fucking no homo of it all. Pam. Also, none of this is true. None of, none it's of this true. is real. None of it's true at Poor all. Or Betsy. Can you imagine Betsy at Freda's in the Sky? It's, I know. The, it's the gay bar in heaven, yes. you guys. If you don't know that, that's a Patreon joke. But like, Betsy at the gay bar in the Sky drinking her fucking martini watching this interview is like, oh, that bitch. Oh, what? that bitch. I know. <laughs> like, what? Oh, I love men. Can't wait till Magic Mike. And it's like, Magic Pam, Mike XL. Oh, my God. Just be gay, Pam. I know. <laughs> Doesn't that seem so fake? I know. Like, yes. I can't wait to go to Chippendales. I like, Pam. <laughs> Pamela, stop it. Tom Selleck is so handsome. Yeah, look at, yeah. <laughs> Burt Reynolds. Fabio is mm, really doing it for me. Just be gay Just be or gay, be a Pam. little, do whatever you want to do, Pam. So except right. everything you do, except everything you do, don't do any of that. Plus, hot lawyer Joel is like, yeah, nobody fell for this. Nobody <laughs> fell for it. They were lesbians together, you guys. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I did what a husband could do, but I wasn't lesbians. We were just intimate lovers. Totally. But I wasn't attracted to her at all. I was just basically her husband, only I was a woman. Pam? Pam also, speaking of her husband, has more shit to say about Russ. At first, yeah. she, at first she barely knew the guy. Now he's yeah. a monster. And and not only, he's a homophobic monster. Yeah, 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 because yeah. Pam is like, pushed me up against the wall and he said, never come over here again. He's all red faced. Like gritted teeth. Oh, he's like, talk about this far away from a face? Yeah, he was right there. I could feel a spit. Nasty. And he said, you two thumpers, something to that effect. If I ever catch you together again, I'll 
area in the backyard. Oh, Russ heard about us sleeping together, flew into a jealous rage, and he calls them. He did bleep it. What? What? I couldn't figure out what he called them. Muff thumpers. Oh. And they bleeped out muff. Oh my god. <laughs> Pam. And then threatens Russ to didn't kill. Do this, you guys. By no. the way, this is all fucking bullshit. Is that not the most made-up threat you've I ever know. heard in your life? Also, is Russ maybe homophobic? One thousand percent. Yes. Totally. Is he a murderer? No. Do we have to talk to him about the homophobia? Yeah. yeah absolutely. <laughs> so. So the cops tell Pam, well, maybe Russ walked in on you and like lost it. Literally. literally. And Pam's like, no, this is a dumb theory because then I would be dead too. Right. Which is like, okay. Pam thinking two moves ahead. But then, so we're at the second trial. Russ picks a bench trial. We've talked about this before. I guess you have a right to pick like either a jury trial or a trial where the judge just decides it. I think this was the way to go for him. I don't know why every fucking trial isn't like this because jurors are emotional and judges are not. So it's just like, if you didn't do it, let the judge decide it on the facts, you know? And Joel is raring to go. He cannot wait. He's like, let me at her. He cannot wait to take down Pam Hub. So the prosecution goes first. They have, like, new evidence that they present about, like, a cop remembering seeing droplets in the bathtub, which indicates to the cop that Russ was cleaning up after murdering his wife. Yeah, there was never a a report. This is a memory that's three and a half years old that no one has mentioned until today. So, nope. Right. And then there's something from Betsy's computer, which Leah calls Betsy's dying declaration. So this is all bullshit. The prosecution introduced introduces this letter that Betsy wrote to Pam but never sent. So like they found this letter on Betsy's computer and it's very damning if true. What did it say? I'm scared to go home. I'm scared of Russ. He started putting a pillow over my face saying, this is what it feels like when you die. I want to give you the insurance money. The letter ended with, if something happens to me, would you please show this to the police? But they take it to a fucking forensic expert who's able to prove that that letter was typed on a different computer and then like somehow digitally uploaded to Betsy's. So like obviously Pam wrote this letter. It was timestamp when Betsy wasn't even home. She was playing tennis. Exactly. So she wrote it, put it on a thumb drive, put it on Pam's computer and thought that no one would, even if you go to like some document on your computer, right-click it, get info. Yeah. You can see when it was made yes. and when it was recently updated. Like, yeah. it doesn't take a fucking genius. I I'm mean, now this, a forensic expert. Right. But this, <laughs> this expert actually, like, found the real shit. But it's yeah. like, Pam, everything is digitally timestamped. Like, grow up. Right. So, the judge, like, hears all of this evidence, goes and deliberates, comes back, and fucking Russ isn't guilty. And more than that, the judge is like, we learned some really serious shit in this trial, you guys. It raised more questions than answers. Yeah, the judge is like, I have more questions. Let's let's look into that. Yeah. Shall so, like, Russ is set free, and Keith is like, and then the prosecutor made it clear that they still, quote, believe that Russ did it because they declined to reopen the investigation. They're just saving face. Right. They're not solving the murder. Right. They're actively not solving they're the murder. They're saying, like, we we still believe Russ did it, and he got away with and it. And then, so remember the lawsuit that Betsy's daughters filed because they never got a single fucking cent? Yeah. Dayline's there for that trial, too. Pam is waving to the cameras I like know. she's Nancy Grace at CrimeCon thinking anyone wants to say hi to her. I no know. one's waving back at Pam. Pam, how dare you wave to the cameras? I Who know. the fuck do you think you are? So we're at the hearing. Pam is being a nightmare. Yeah. She's being asked, basically, I hope, what'd you do with the money? Why did you give it to the daughters? You guys. And she goes, what? What was your Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. What was your whoa, answer? Whoa, whoa, whoa. I direct the court. I don't know evidence. what you're talking about. Whoa, 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 whoa. And someone tries to real. Someone tries to answer and she goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like she won't respond other than whoa. I this she is infuriating. Her lawyer's like, and I quote, I'm not gonna argue about her credibility. She's not a credible witness, but that's not the issue. 
I'm not gonna argue her credibility. She's not a credible. And witness. also, I guess I guess it doesn't matter because the daughters lose the I lawsuit. Know. How is that possible, because Patrick? The thing is that they say like all of the paperwork was in place, and that legally, that's all that fucking matters. God. So now. Oh my God, you guys, gird your loins. She won this case or whatever. She's leaving, and as she walks by the Dateline cameras, she says out of nowhere, "Say hi to Kathy." Who's Kathy? <laughs> Kathy is a Dateline producer who produced this very episode we're watching. Poor Kathy. So now, cut to August of 2016, we're back in Missouri, and we have a 911 call. Oh, my God. 911, where's your emergency? Hey, hello, there's someone broken in my house. Help. What's Help. the address you're at? Hello. Do you, you, you want me to get your wife? No, I'm not getting in the car with you. No, what is the address? Okay. Hey, hello, there's someone breaking into my house. Help! <laughs> it is, again, the fucking fakest sounding 911 call you've ever heard. The way she goes, help! No one is in distress. It sounds like she's just saying, like, oh, there's a cat in my, like, <laughs> yeah. what are you talking about? But then you hear, like, six fucking real gunshots. And But you also hear a man in the background, and yeah. then you hear this woman going, no, I won't get in the car with you. Shoot! Right. <laughs> it's Pam Hupp on the phone. Yeah. And we don't know who the guy is, but we do know that he is now dead. Yes. And so Pam, who got away with murder, I will never understand the decision-making right. here. Pam, who got away with murder, is now back in a fucking interrogation room. And she's, like, fake crying. And she's like, the man, whoever that was, was attacking her while she sat in her car in her driveway. She says, this guy was clearly brought here to kill me. He was dropped off and then ran into her own car and tried to attack her. And she's like, he gets in the car and he goes, and he was like, bitch, we're going to the bank. And I'm like, I'm not going to the bank with you. Get out of my car. And he goes, bitch, you go, we're going to the bank. We're getting Russ's money. So then she says that he pulled a knife on her. She's somehow able to, in the car, yeah. she's somehow able to wrestle the knife away from the guy. She runs inside. He follows her. That's when she calls 911 and you hear his voice and in the background. And she gets her gun. So she runs to her bedroom, gets her gun, and shoots the guy six times. So now we meet Detective Brian Hilke. So Brian's like, all right, this is going to be a media circus. Yeah. We have to do this right. Keith, how am I doing? Am I doing okay? Also, but, can you do them all right? Can you do what, every case right? God damn it. Huge notes. I was like, can you try to get them all right? Why don't we focus on doing them all right? But he's, Not just the ones that Dateline is going to cover. Yeah, he's like, I knew all the cameras were going were gonna to be here. You, Keith, you would come. Am I doing okay, You're Keith? Legend, my Am I God. all right? And Keith's like, not really. Work them all like they're make or break. Go, go to 100 for all of them, Brian. But we're going to use that quote. Thank you so much. So we still don't know who Pam killed. Right. But there's this handwritten note. In his pocket, you guys. It's like a checklist. Right. Get up in car, take the bank. The note specifically said, get Russ's money. Should be 100 to 150,000. Take Hop back to house. And then dispose of her. Make it look like Russ' wife. Make sure knife is sticking out of neck. It's like a fake fucking note that's made to look like somebody came mm -hmm. to kill Pam as like revenge for people thinking that she killed Betsy. Right. So Russ. This is wild. It's ridiculous. It's wild. But what he, she's trying to say is that Russ, who's thrilled to be out of prison right. and acquitted, yes. is now going to kill Pam for insurance money and maybe put himself back in prison that he was in wrongfully and is now out. Right. Excuse exactly. me. Right. Excuse me. So Russ calls his cousin Mary. Remember Mary, not yeah. a fan of Pam from not the beginning? And Russ is like, Mary, yeah. I know you hate Pam too. She is involved in this. Come with me to the cops and like, just help me. And the cops are like, look, we didn't even have to go looking for Russ. He was thrilled to talk to us. We see him like, they're swabbing his mouth. He's like, do you need more? I'll yeah. give you as much as you need. Couldn't wait, taking his shirt off before he says, what do you need? 
Russ is cleared, yeah, obviously. Totally. <laughs> so, also, Russ, keep your shirt on. Yeah, I know. As every, pre- keep your pants on. As everybody. president of the Keep Your Shirt On Club, keep your shirt on, Russ. Except if you're Ryan Phillippe. Exactly. Or whoever else you feel like searching Ryan today. Reynolds. And, yeah, all the Ryans. <laughs> So they're like, what the hell happened? They start with the 911 call. They hated it. Yes. They're like, this sounds like a bad actor. It's really a very bad 911 call. And they tell us something that's really interesting. Most people don't realize that before you get picked up by dispatch, your call is being recorded. If there was a struggle, if sure. somebody was trying to kick the door in, push the door in, threaten her, we should have been able to hear all that. And it's there's no sound, no communication until the operator says 911, what's your emergency? And then suddenly. And then it's like action. She hits 911, boop, it's complete silence. Yeah. And the minute the dispatcher picks up, then it's, oh my God, <laughs> Pam. I mean, that's a, that's a thing that they shouldn't tell us. I know. You know what I mean? Like, we get too much information. They said they were like, it was basically like someone called action and then the yes. worst actor on earth yes. was that on the phone and her name is Pam Hopper. Right. Oh, and then we meet prosecuting attorney Tim. Do you love Tim? Yes. He's very oh. cute too. Oh my God. He is. He's a good looking guy. He's devastating to look at. And he's like, he's right, which he's is right. very helpful. Yeah. You know, for me, they can't be cute unless they're right. Yes. He also, uh, yeah, I'm like, one of us should care about that. He also, at one point, gets up and walks across the room and I'm like, oh, he works out. Oh yeah. yeah. Takes care of himself. <laughs> so Tim's like, look, I hate the call too. And it wasn't just the call. Right. And there's a random piece of you old guys. car. It was almost like this piece of carpet was placed there on purpose. Where was it? Right outside the bedroom, between the garage door and the bedroom door. And it appeared that somebody might have not have wanted to get blood on their actual carpet. Basically, it was staged because they, she didn't want to get blood on the real carpet. On her actual carpet. So right. she's like, let me lay out, like, from the garage or the basement, yeah. like, the spare carpet. Totally. He perfectly <laughs> falls on it. And so the, like, carpet is still pristine. Like, Pam, priorities, priorities. I know. So this poor guy, his name is Louis Gumfenberger. Yeah. And this makes her, if she was not just the scum of the earth before, yeah. this makes it even worse. This person had brain damage from a car accident. Accident. He's 33. He lives with his mother. And like, he couldn't even run. He was severely incapacitated. Yeah. And he's not a suspect at all. He's a victim full stop. But the question is, what the fuck happened here? Right. You know, like, that's what's like, wait, what? So Keith tells us that like, murder investigations are so often achingly slow. It can take months, years, but not after the shooting at Pam Hupp's house. That was different. So now the cops are trying to put things together and they realize that six days before Lewis was killed, the cops got had a call from a woman named Carol. You guys are not ready for Carol. This you really are. fucking bonkers. So Carol, minding her business, yep. outside her house with her dog. Yes, we should let you know that uh-huh. she's got a, like a surveillance camera facing the street. Everything that you're about to hear, we see it. Right. We watch it happen. Minding her own business. Oh a woman pulls up. Hey, I'm from Dateline. You know, the television program. Carol says to the cops. She's like, well, I'm from Dateline. I said, okay. She's like the TV show said, I've heard of it, I'm not stupid. I've heard of Dateline, I'm not stupid. (laughs) Carol, I love you. So the woman's like, hi, I'm Kathy, I'm a producer for Dateline. Uh, could you just, uh, we just want to record something for us. We'll pay you $1,000 in cash because there's no paper trail. Isn't that great? Says no paper trail. So remember when Pam said hi, tell Kathy I said hi? Yes, she's pretending to be that Kathy. And Keith is like, hold on a second. Right, real important PSA, you guys. Keith really wants us to know. Just an aside, by the way, we don't pay for sound bites or interviews. We just don't. 
we, we just, just don't. don't. <laughs> Keith, I believe you. <laughs> Carol also knows it's bullshit because she's no fool. She's yes. watched eight, all 800 episodes of Dateline. But she's you and or me because she's just fucking curious and agrees. To, she's like, what is this scam? She knows I'm, it's, yeah, she yeah. knows it's bullshit, but she's yeah. like, oh, I'll get in the car. <laughs> so. You guys never get in the car. Don't do it. Quote, Kathy, air yeah. quotes, Kathy yeah. is like, oh. So not like, her real name, Kathy. Not her <gasps> real name, Kathy. The come and get me call. The yeah, I'm home exactly. call. Oh my God, not my real name, Kathy. <laughs> not her real name, Kathy. <laughs> says oh we just got to do a not her real name Kathy we invented that we invented all right Sarah Koenig coming for you only took us 800 episodes but we did it so not her real name Kathy's like ooh real quick Dateline policy Um, you can't bring your keys your wallet your phone your cigarettes nothing because the the other producer doesn't like clutter ooh so Carol knows that this is all bullshit but she does it anyway she's like all right, I'm down and then finally her gut's screaming at her she's in the car for 30 seconds and she's like you know what I'm out Mm -mm. I'm out get me out get me get me out of the car so Carol calls the cops immediately describes this woman not her real name Kathy all I saw was her big white teeth her stupid smile, her short blonde hair, and her black SUV with her blue shirt on. She was short, chunky. The look on her face, she, was, she had a permanent, like, grin smile, like she, like, it was just weird. Smirk. Yeah. You guys, it's Pam Hop. <laughs> Not her real name, Kathy, is Pam Hop. <laughs> Driving around this area of the world pretending to be Kathy from Dateline. But Carol, God bless her, with her security cameras, yes. gets her license plate. Yes, yes, Right? Yes. So that's how we know. But then also, Carol gets out of the car, her life spared, I guess. <laughs> Pam Hop, as Kathy, finds this other guy, Brent. And Brent's like, get the fuck out of here. Also calls the cops on Pam, because she pulled the Dateline shit with him, too. A thousand bucks in cash for a reenactment, but leave your keys and identification at home. But I also love that everyone's like, do not fuck with my dateline. No, everyone's like, what? That's my program. And even Keith is like, to be clear, Pam was using our identity to find a victim. (laughs) Dateline got their identity stolen by not her real name, Kathy. And it's really Pam. But the point is, is like Pam found some person she could take advantage of and it was Lewis. And what she's telling him is that, hey, I work for Dateline. We're here like reinvestigating a murder. We need to do a reenactment and we need reenactment actors. So she told him what to say. So that man's voice on the phone when when he says like, well, I need the money or whatever. Pam told him to do that and he thought he was doing a reenactment. Then Pam turns around and shoots him six times and he dies. She is so like, I hope she fucking burns in hell. I hate her. Yeah. So then we get this, like, computer expert. Yeah, this is amazing. This is incredible. So he's like, I'm on top of it. Because they know what happened, but they've got to be able to prove it. Like, they've got to be able to prove that she somehow found Lewis and brought him back to her house. Like, that's the only way they're going to be able to prove this. Right. So the computer expert gets Google to give him Pam's location history from her phone. So they get a warrant and everything. They do it on the up and up. They don't just like. So they can see where she went and when she was there. I get the data and I pull it into Google Earth. Uh, to plot it. I can see when she left the house, I can see everywhere she went. Huh. And as I scroll in and scroll in, I-, I stopped. There's a pin on his apartment complex. One of the pings is literally on his apartment. And it is such a clear map that the yeah. expert's like, I checked, I double checked, I triple checked. Yeah. Like it was too, it was almost too but too obvious. Then they confirm it by going to every business that they can find that has a security camera between Lewis's house and her house. Yeah. And they have video of them in the fucking car together. Like a bakery, a bakery's yeah. camera. And someone's Good like job, bakery. Jesus, can we give that bakery ten billion dollars? No, but what someone's like, the video's grainy and tough to see. I'm like, yeah, we know. I know. God. <laughs> But it got the job done. And it's it's chilling because you see him like being driven to his debt. Like, fuck Pam. Yeah. God, I hate her. Yeah. So and even Keith's like, life. 
for would-be devious criminals must be so burdensome of late with all those smart devices we just can't seem to live without. Oh man, criminals sure do hate technology. Gets them every time. So a week after Lewis's death, they arrest Pam and charge her with his murder. The hot lawyer yeah. is like... This is a pretty cool crime story for a seventh grader, maybe a fifth grader. But to actually come up with the story and then try to execute the story. And think you're going to persuade people that it's true. You can't be very bright if that's what you do. That's what she did. And the prosecutor is saying that he wants her to face the death penalty. Yes. Again, we're not death penalty people. But he's saying that we reserve that for the worst of the worst. And like to lure like a mentally challenged person, he's like, she's the prime candidate for worst of the worst. Right. And then we get her stupid defense attorney, he's Nick. He's so fucking stupid. I don't even want to talk about this I, guy. Shut a, up, Nick. He's annoyed by him. We're yeah, annoyed by him. Moving on. <laughs> so we're back with Pam. Now it's footage from the cops. So you know those cameras are like in the corner. So we, we're looking down on Pam. Yeah. And she asks for a lawyer. The cops. Oh my god, this is crazy. See, like they she finds a way to be left alone in the interrogation. By room. asking for a lawyer, which yeah. again, ask for a lawyer, yes. everyone. Yes. Not just Pam Hop. Like right. she knows to do that. Poor Russ was there for 48, 48 hours. hours. Oh my god. God, I hate her. I so she knows she's being watched by the camera, and there's a pen on the table. Yeah. So we see her like try to slyly move the water bottle over to take the pen. And it's like Pam, she's so bad at this. Yeah, but she she but does she, it. So she smuggles the pen, puts it down her pants, yeah. in, in the back of her pants, and then she she starts feeling for the arteries in her neck. But now she doesn't have a pen. She's just like feeling with her hand, like casually, uh-huh. right? So then the cops ask back and she's like, oh, I got to pee. Can I go pee? <laughs> right. So they're like, yeah, sure. Totally unsupervised. We'll yeah. just throw you into the bathroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then suddenly they hear her screaming. She's starting to stab herself with the pen she smuggled out of the interrogation room oh in the bathroom. Oh, God. And they say like, at first it's like, well, obviously that's an obvious sign of guilt, right? Because she's got a conscience. No. Nope. No. It's all for her attention. Did she really want to kill herself? I don't think she did. I think she's too much of a coward for that. I think she she knew that she's now going to be prime time again, and everybody's going to be paying attention to Pam Hop. We came to find out later that the injuries were mostly superficial. We see photos of blood on the floor, yeah. but they're like, it was all just surface wounds. She wasn't actually trying to kill herself. Right. Well, and it ends kind of like, look, again, I don't believe in the death penalty, but we're told that Pam's trial was delayed and delayed, and then there's rumors that there's going to be no trial at all. And that ends up being true because Pam takes a plea deal. She's offered, like, what the prosecutor is saying is we didn't want to go through the, the length and expense mm-hmm. to the taxpayers of, like, a death penalty case because that goes on for decades. Like, right. that's, you know, all the appeals and whatever. They offer for her an Alfred plea. So this is not a West Memphis 3 Alfred plea. Right, because that's the only that's the only context I have for this. So Alfred pleas can be different depending on the person. The case, yeah. So what happens here is that they're offering Pam Hop an Alfred plea in which she doesn't get the death penalty, she just goes away for life. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. And I guess they don't have to go to trial. Yeah. So now we're in the courtroom again and we're trying to see if Pam Hop is going to accept this plea. Right. And so every, like Russ and his cousin who hates her, they're yeah. like, ooh, she aged. Ooh. The best description of her I could come up with was the old hag that gave Snow White the apple. She looks a bit like that now. Russ is thrilled. He yeah, couldn't be happy. He, totally he loves that she looks like shit. He loves it. So it's like a major hearing. Pam pleads guilty. She gets life in prison without the possibility of parole, plus 30 years for yeah. good measure. So remember with Betsy's murder, the judge who convicted Russ and that prosecutor, Leah, who wanted to be Pam's yes. best friend? Yeah. They get voted out of office. Because yeah. Leah was like, I'm not going to pursue the case because yes. fuck this. They get voted out of office. Mike Wood is on the scene. He beats yeah. Leah 74 to 26. He's like, I want 
want justice. I want answers. Yeah. So he's like, I want to do what's best for Betsy. Using the fact that Pam murdered Lewis and is right. in prison for that, he's yeah. like, I think that makes a good case for me. Yes. That, like, she's actually a murderer and she probably murdered Betsy. Spoiler, she did. Right. They reopened the case of Betsy Feria. And then, you guys, you would think we're done. We're not done, you guys. They're now saying that they think that Pam committed another murder in 2012, the killing of her own mother. Which is two years after Betsy was murdered. Two yeah. years after she got away with murder, she kills her own mother. And we go, we do a flashback to her in the interrogation room, and she's like, I really hate to say it, wanted money my mom's worth a half a million that I get when she dies. If I really wanted money, there was an easier way than trying to combat somebody that's physically stronger than me. I'm just saying. Yeah, not for nothing. If I wanted to kill someone for money, it would be my mom. <laughs> Cut to her mom. Yes. She pushed her mother off the balcony of her assisted living home. Yeah, her mom's in an assisted living home. But the thing is, Pam is the last person to see her mother. And <laughs> she, like, says goodnight to her mother, goes downstairs and says, my mom's not going to be coming down for dinner tonight or breakfast tomorrow. Don't even bother her. Don't worry about it. And the staff is like, okay, no bed check, nothing. <laughs> right. That lady who was, like, the suspected of murder a couple years ago, we're going to this fine. Two years later, everyone knows Pam Hop, right? right? <laughs> so they don't check on her mother. And yeah. she's disgusting. Discovered like at lunchtime the, the next, next day. day. And like having been very likely thrown off the balcony of her fucking third floor apartment. Yeah, they have this structural engineer here to be like, no, she didn't like trip and fall. Like she was shoved. Yes. Like there's physics involved. There yes. are numbers and science. Yes. I believe Justin. Justin tells us what's up. So we have an update. Yeah. Okay. I googled. So as of July 2021, Hupp is serving a life sentence for the murder of Lewis, right? Yes. And now Mike Wood, remember who came in and saved the day after Leah the Gossiper was yeah. voted out? <laughs> So now, in July of this year, he has filed first-degree murder charges <gasps> against Pam for Betsy's murder. Oh, my God! He's seeking the death penalty <gasps> for Pam. And now he's also launching an investigation into possible prosecutorial misconduct in the case brought against Russ, Betsy's husband. <gasps> and so Mike Wood is like, everyone hold tight. My investigation's probably not going to be wrapped up until, like, after the new year in 2022. But, look, it's probably going to lead to criminal charges. So Mike Wood is on it. Yay! And they fucking love the death penalty in Missouri, huh? I know. Ugh. Just let her rot. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know I said I can't wait for her to burn in hell, but I want her to rot first and then burn for eternity. All right, Mike, I'm going to make a phone call. Don't worry about it. I'm on top of it. Oh, my God. That's it. We did our 10 Dateline episodes, you guys. I hope you loved it. I think we had fun. Oh, I, had I had fun. So much fun. Hey, just a reminder, there's a whole other podcast called A Date with Dateline. Yes. If you want more of this, go find them. It's such a good show. Everybody loves it. And they've done all the Dateline episodes. So if you liked a case, yeah. go check it out because they absolutely did it first. Totally. <laughs> go check out A Date we with Dateline. Bye. Um, you guys, if you want more Jillian and me, find us on the Patreon. Over 300 ad-free full bonus episodes. Sit down. I say download a bitch really fast. You get those episodes that are available to you right away. Right. And so it's what we do on the regular feed ad yeah. free and then also bonus episodes like you know the jinx yeah. and the vow and all those like long form series and you got you got all those uh, travel holiday plans coming up take us on the car take us on the plane yeah. you're gonna be glad you did it heist little yeah. rich sometimes they're fun yeah. they're not all traumatizing sometimes no. they're a very fun time you guys follow us on instagram as well it's true crime obsessed podcast i'm patrick hines underscore right and i'm jillian with a g we're making good like content that. over there i sure hope so yeah totally. i sure hope so <laughs> all right, we love you guys. We love you. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. But insurance might calls Betsy a really neat lady. <laughs> and-
And Mike has great things to say about Pam, too. She was indispensable. All of, Another really neat lady. Not as neat as Betsy, I'm sure, but she's fine. Everyone's like, maybe he was a dick that one time. Right. And now somehow that is he's a murderer. So I know a lot of dicks. Right. Okay. Right. So, yes, actually, if that's important to any of you, I didn't think it was important at the time. That's why I didn't say anything. But Russ, the husband, the violent husband, yeah, used to yeah, pretend yeah. to kill her and hated her so yeah. much and then mm. called us muff thumper. Yeah, he, he was there. If that's important to you at all. I'm so sorry to bother you and interrupt you. I got to go. Like, if I saw, if I walked into a home and saw what I'm about to describe, I'd be like, that person's a serial killer. But Pam actually is. In this area of the world, everybody knows Pam Hupp. And, like, she's, like, a local fucking, what's the word for, like, a bad Pariah. Story? Yeah, totally. Nightmare murderer. <laughs> Imagine you live in a neighborhood with a woman who's had five Dateline episodes about her. 